0: Welcome to the Billions of Atoms podcast. My name is Dino. Billions of Atoms is all about our own personal experience with meaning and purpose in life and what we have done in various stages of our life to find meaning and purpose. This is episode 10 of the Billions of Atoms podcast. Every day, In the city I live in, you will pass by a little old lady, hunched over, pushing a squeaky trolley, loaded with some form of recyclable material, precariously rocking from side to side. They collect it from the businesses and take it to one of the many small, independent recyclers who package it up for them and ship it off to some global, multinational corporation there are hundreds of these little old ladies working across the entire city as the world rushes by they are the first workers you see on the street in the early dawn before the suited businessmen taking their important calls or the taxis transporting important people to important places They wander among the small lorries delivering all the produce required to feed a city of 7 million people. They are also among the last workers you see at night as the restaurants with the fancy tablecloths fill out diners whose faces glow red from the wine consumed over meals that were delivered in these very same boxes these ladies now prize so dearly. While the entire city rushes past like flashes of colour speeding down a freeway, these little old ladies push their cart at a slower pace. In a gated walk with a hunched back that only a century of physical labour can create. A steady and slow pace, methodical and measured, they navigate down the middle of the road waiting for safe passage while trams and trucks meander around them as I watch them, the world slows to a similar pace. With their stiff and brittle bones and their joints that don't bend, their movement is like slow motion, compared to the rest of the metropolis speeding around them. And yet, for the majority of people in this city, they are invisible. As they move on with their important jobs and their important meetings, these little old ladies methodically and consistently move the mountains of waste created by all these consumers. They are the unseen and the unsung heroes of this city, the real movers and shakers, moving mountains of rubbish every day for $2 per cart. They slowly wheel their precious cargo, the waste packaging from the presents and the produce consumed by the city so welcome back everybody and we have livy back she's been off gallivanting around the world now that things with covid have opened up and we're able to fly
1: Yeah, thanks Dino. It's great to be back. Um, Yeah, it was wonderful to see friends and family now that things are opening up, Um, especially too after being away for so long, but it's lovely to be back here and I'm really looking forward to recording this podcast and getting stuck into a topic that is dear to both of us.
0: Yeah, three years of isolation and lockdown Definitely a timely subject for a podcast about connection. Today, we wanted to talk about empathy. We've built a bit of a platform with some of our previous episodes to build off a foundation of knowledge around our philosophy on human connection. And empathy is a critical component of our lives and our relationships. Some of the questions that we're going to explore on today's show include what is empathy and what is the different types of empathy? We also want to discuss why it matters and how it can help us to build relationships with others as well as create a positive change in our lives. So, Livy, what do you think empathy is? What does it mean when we talk about empathy?
1: Well, the first word that comes to mind for me is compassion demonstrating compassion towards another person by thinking okay what would it feel like from their perspective that's what empathy means to me what do, about you do you have a similar sort of view on empathy
0: yeah I th- for me empathy I think I'm quite an empathetic person that's my own opinion of myself at least and and for me uh, empathy in my life, is the ability to walk around and experience the lived experience of someone else through my own emotions, putting myself in their shoes as I'm walking through the street or dealing with someone or interacting with someone online or observations when I'm people watching, just understanding what their life looks like and feeling the emotions that they may feel. That's my sort of interpretation of empathy.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, having the ability to see what life is like from someone's perspective, that's that's something that, you know, sometimes we struggle with it and other times we find it easy to do as well. But I think essentially when we see life from someone else's perspective, they feel heard and that's, mm. that's when it can have a really positive impact in um, our life and theirs as well.
0: Yeah, from my experience, um, empathy has been essential for my relationships uh, in my career or uh, in my interpersonal relationships with my family members. Having empathy with my children and, and the issues people are going through really has helped form that basic knowledge of another human being and what they're experiencing. It allows me to build a stronger, more meaningful connection with them. Um, to to really resolve conflicts, particularly at work, if there's someone's upsetting me, or if I encounter someone who's been triggered by something that's happened, I can empathise with their experience and better understand where they're coming from. Uh, I think, you know, when you're working as part of like teams and collaborating, um, building trust means being able to understand someone's position. So I've, I've actually had uh, my own self-analysis of of how I operate in the world, um, going on this journey of learning how to be more empathetic, how to take a deep breath when, when I get triggered by things and understand this person is actually experiencing their own range of emotions and they will be quite different from mine and then putting myself in, in their shoes. So, yeah, that's my sort of interpretation of, of uh, empathy.
1: Yeah, well, you mentioned um, empathy in the workplace and I think one of the key components to a positive collegial relationship is having that mutual respect. And I think okay. if if empathy is absent or if the open mindedness to view a situation from someone else's perspective, if that's absent, then you can't build that mutual respect. So it's it's quite difficult to build a, a positive relationship with someone in a professional environment if you're not going to willing, you know, be willing to see see things from their perspective. Yeah. And and you sort of can't resolve things fully unless you see it from their perspective as mm. well. So mm. it, it always looks different when you you've, you sort of view things from the other side of the fence, right?
0: Mm, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep.
0: Well, from a technical point of view, from, from a definitional stance, empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. And it can involve cognitive, emotional, and somatic empathy. So we want to explore that further and look at each one of these elements. So cognitive empathy means putting yourself in the other person's shoes. So mentally picturing yourself and this person's perspective and understanding how they are feeling without necessarily feeling the same way, but just that understanding. It requires yourself understanding and recognizing any potential biases that you may have And remembering that this type of empathy does not involve feeling what the other person is feeling. It simply involves understanding their feelings without necessarily sharing them. Then emotional empathy involves sharing that person's feelings. This is where the emotive element comes into it. It can be difficult to achieve that because it often requires you to leave your own ego behind and truly put yourself into someone else's shoes. So not just a mental process of understanding where you're coming from, but actually feeling those emotions. And, and some people describe themselves as empaths, and this is where they feel those emotions. And, and these are the type of people that absorb emotions of other people. When you go and talk to someone with your problems, they carry that burden with them and feel that emotion moving forward. And the empaths among us, and I, I think I'm probably one of those where I I kind of get overwhelmed by other people's problems because the emotion is just so intense. It makes me feel so intense and I feel it and you know I carry that emotion with me, even though it's completely unrelated to my own personal experiences in life. So the other one is somatic. Now, somatic empathy is a physical sensation you feel when something happens physically to someone else and this is another area that I get as well. I have this somatic response when I see a YouTube video of someone falling on their face really violently or something <laughs> online.
1: You can feel it.
0: Yeah, I well I actually what happens for me is I get uh it's in a really specific area on my body towards my lower back and every time I see one of these videos where someone gets injured, it triggers this this shock. Okay. In its really specific area on my body, it's always the same so i think i've got this really clearly mapped out neural pathway where i see it and my body's response somatic response to have this somatic empathy is to have this 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 shock of of it's not painful hmm. it's more more of a twitch okay yeah, yeah so so um
1: and do you know what's coming on
0: no it's when that it's when i visually see it okay. i feel that i feel that the sensation okay it's, so and i never really understood what that was to be honest i just was like when i see this thing <laughs> I go, oh wow there's that twitch. and i really didn't understand that it was this somatic empathic response right. yeah um so it was really great to understand that um a bit further but somatic um empathy involves that feeling and, and so some of us among the audience may be able to 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 res- that may resonate with you. Um, it's feeling that physical side of empathy, and this is useful when trying to empathise with someone from a different culture and and background by paying attention to these subtle gestures and body languages that also go with som- somatic empathy. Mm. Um, you can gain insight into another how another person is feeling without rely- relying solely on verbal communication.
1: Yeah. It's, a, it's really interesting, isn't it, that there are different types of empathy. For me, they, they look like they're on a spectrum even or on a scale where you have mm. um, that sort of like cognitive where you're really thinking about trying to connect to someone else's emotions or perspective all the way through um, to, you know, taking on that emotion and and feeling either that that sadness or that joy that someone else might be feeling. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, through to the other end of the spectrum where you have a a physical response to someone else's um, situation. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of, I I wonder if um, you can drift between these different types of empathy, depending on your, connection to the person depending on um, the situation, whether it's personal or professional. Um, yeah, you mentioned too when it comes to emotional empathy that, um, you know, taking on someone else's emotion can be sometimes overwhelming and I think um, a lot of people can will be able to connect with that when someone else comes in and they sort of they tell you a story or they share something with you and you find that you're having – you go away just a little bit heavier because you've really paid attention uh, to what they're saying and you've taken that on. And-
0: yeah, I, I think there's some a lot we can learn from from exploring empathy professionally and in our personal relationships with people. If you pay attention to those three aspects, cognitive empathy, emotional empathy, and somatic empathy. Somatic is not necessarily your own sensations, but it's also observing other people's Physical responses and being empathetic with how they're responding during conversations and picking up on cues to help you manage relationships better. I think the really skillful communicators, the really successful business people, have a very high IQ. But I think the the ones that stand out professionally are the people with a very high EQ as well. Particularly some of the managers that I've had during my career, mm-hmm. their EQ is just really dialed in. You can tell that they're Fully across understanding this emotional intelligence. So, so, are you empathetic? Do you think you're an empathetic person?
1: Yeah, <laughs> my empath level's pretty high. And when you were talking about feeling overwhelmed, uh, I, 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 I was sitting here nodding. I can connect to that. I, I find that. Uh, you've got people who are close to you and if if they go through something and you share that with them, you share that experience with them because you're there to support them and and listen to them and hear them through that experience. I find that I'm a rock, you know, I'm a bit of a vault um, mm. and I'll do whatever I can. I'm fiercely loyal, but it won't be until a couple of days later I'll find that I'll have like this this uncharacteristically large sort of physical exhaustion that I think comes from from taking all of that on mm. for that person and carrying that for them. Mm. And it wasn't something that I've known all along. It was like, gosh, why am I so tired today? And yeah. it's, it took me quite a while to figure out, oh, it's because I I, I helped this person. Someone, no, downloaded. someone downloaded onto mm. me in a really big way. Mm. So being able to use that, uh, and it's a gift. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm Empathetic and it's it's exhausting. And while it can be, it's also it is a skill that can be built and it can mm-hmm. be taught. But um, but that's sort of where I sit uh, on the the empathy spectrum.
0: <laughs> Fundamentally, we're all we've all got this empathetic streak in us. Mm. But I'm also mindful that empathy throughout our life may be uh, dictated by. What you have going on personally, whether you have that space for that, whether you've got the space to allow your empathy levels to be elevated or you're coping with so much that you just can't deal with being empathetic because there's just too much internalization of your own issues. And also, I'm wondering whether certain groups of people that you may have either known prejudices or unknown prejudices, whether you're less empathetic towards them, a whole host of various sort of reasons. If we are fundamentally empathetic as a human, then why do we go to war mm. you know wh- why is there poverty
1: mm.
0: why is there suffering so we ask ourselves that question am i empathetic yeah i, f- I feel things i feel stuff yeah yeah i'm pretty f- i'm pretty feely but uh <laughs> but but and i think all human beings are there seems to be to me some boundaries between that you've got a peak level of empathy as a human being that this is what i can cope with and anything after that you're on your own yeah it's happening i feel sad but yeah we sort of accept it and tolerate it
1: yeah there's, so th- that powerlessness isn't isn't there that mm. sort of comes into it or that sort of there's only so much you can do. I wonder if that's uh, one way in which people who are highly empathetic if if that's how they cope mm. with that because there there is only so much you can yeah each of us can do
0: yeah I thought about that before, like if like I would be the worst counselor, I think if you pr- approach it as a professional thing you're able to have that clear boundary to say, okay, this is work for me. Mm. And I suppose there's, um, when we discussed this in one of our previous episodes, if you're not invested in that person, if they're walking in and it's a service, then it's a transactional thing. So you can't love or hate someone that that you have indifference to, right? So if you're kind of indifferent, someone walks in, yeah, you've got problems. Yeah. So you'd have to approach it that way, I think, for certain things. And I think Professionally, that's probably a good way to take it, just with colleagues as well, is just mm. have a level of indifference to their problem, but be able to empathize, but recognize that um, extending that empathy into making it really personal, you, you're going to be pretty miserable most of the time, right? Because everyone has problems.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you um, know, professional capacity. Um, and I've spoken to counsellors and therapists in, in my field of work and, and I, I talk to them about this and they sort of say that they're hardwired not to get um, emotional because it's it's actually not about them. Yeah. And that's their number one. So maybe I was and I took away from a couple of conversations that have had um sort of similar sentiment. I'm like, "Okay, so in a professional capacity, um I need to maybe put up like an invisible sort of a boundary and and, and not take that on because mm-hmm. it, it isn't about me, it's about the other person." Yeah, and sort of separate separate my myself from their emotions, if that makes sense, while yep. still being empathetic and still lending an ear and still mm, lending support.
0: As you're describing that, I'm thinking, I'm sort of reflecting on various people I've met in my life that appear cold. Yeah. And and it's kind of not how I sort of operate. I'm I'm known to be sort of this loving guy at work. I'm everyone loves me. I'm friendly and and then there's certain people that you you interact with that are very different. And I think uh it's their way of, of, of having those, those boundaries around their own emotions. So it's not necessarily bad. And I, at the time you know, I was kind of judging them for feeling that they didn't have any empathy. And I really don't know if that is a fact or not, but it was just it was how I perceived the situation. Cause they seem to be less sort of, I guess, less compassionate and less invested in people and, and more sort of insular in their own life and tied up with their own things and, and, and fallen into a, you know into a behavioral pattern that that really aligned with how they define themselves as a professional rather than as a human being right. like i'm a lawyer so this is how a lawyer acts mm-hmm. rather than i'm a human being who happens to do law as my profession yeah um so that that was helpful in some way for me to sort of learn that about people that everyone has a different sort of approach to this because i do honestly think that that most of us are, have, have a great level of empathy, but we're unable to tap into it. Um, but one of the things uh, I've looked at when I was sort of doing some research around this was was how can we build empathy or learn to be more empathetic? if we feel we, we sort of struggle really understanding. And I have actually met uh, a young lady actually who who confessed to being completely non-empathetic. She just doesn't really feel emotions about other people's problems. And she was not a horrible person. It's just she admitted that, you know, I'm fairly nonplussed about most of the stuff I see. Um, and, and I'm wondering if we can learn to build and be more empathetic. And some of the things I, I found were fairly simple, basic stuff. They are things like tuning into someone when they're talking and really practicing, and it is a skill to practice, active listening. So really sitting down when someone's having conversations, particularly if it's on a matter of their, their life, to tune in without judgment or interruption and trying to understand their feelings, taking the time to cultivate compassion, for example, and understanding the feelings of those around you. Learning to be more empathetic, it's practicing, it's putting it into practice when you make observations on the street, put yourself in that person's shoes. And that's why I love that story at the start of our podcast today about the little old ladies with the uh, the trolleys. And and it has been something I've done ever since I moved to this city is is I see these little old ladies and I think about their life and I think about, you know, they've raised their families. Their families are now probably seniors themselves. You know, these ladies are like 75 to 80 to God knows how older from that yeah. and uh, and and being able to really put yourself in their shoes and thinking about how what their life looks like. That's another way to practice that building empathy and building that skill. I think also trying to remove the biases as we mentioned but also just being more tolerant of people's ideas, their beliefs, their philosophies, practicing getting rid of your own prejudices. Um, that's another really good skill to build empathy, I think.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's interesting that empathy can be taught and it's a skill that can be developed. And it doesn't take too much. It's sort of, you know, it takes a bit of self awareness to know that you aren't naturally an, a highly empathetic person. I think if you start with a little bit of self awareness and you know that oh, hey, I'm probably not the most empathetic person going out there. So when someone comes to you with a story, if you're actively listening and, and paying attention and responding with thoughtful questions, supportive language, that's all these, mm. those small steps go a really long way mm. um, to, to being a little bit more empathetic. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: The other thing that really resonated with me was this self-reflection and reflection on how others are feeling. But to develop a deeper understanding of empathy self reflection i think is really important and getting building your skills on self reflection is really important because you can't understand someone else's emotions if you don't understand your own i think you really have to tune into how you feel about certain situations and then you're better able to tap into the emotions of someone else. It's really tough for the macho guys. I get it, the alpha male thing that's happening at the moment. More power to you guys. I'm from a pretty tough background, so I'd be right amongst you guys at a certain point in time. That's not the secret to a connection and and a, no. and a happy life through through sort of proving how tough you the are. The opposite. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be the opposite. Yeah. And it also isolates you from people. And look, as much as we think. They may chicks don't really dig it that they, they like sure back in the day don't like the tough guy but look tough these these alpha guys I'm sure if you if you show a bit of kindness and love towards your partner they're much more responsive than than walking around wanting to punch punch on with people. <laughs> But but self-reflection and, and understanding your own emotions, guys, for, for the males amongst us is really important. As I said, I, I've come from a pretty tough background and we used to punch on pretty pretty often when I was uh, in, in my 20s and stuff. But uh, yeah, when, when I sort of my way through those emotions and the ridiculousness of that sort of – and understanding that so sort of bravado and young men proving themselves, tapping into your own emotions really helped a lot of healing with me too, because I was carrying quite a lot of trauma you know into my into my teens. The other part was uh, mindfulness and meditation, I think mm. is also a part of building empathy and how you can build empathy. Yeah you know? being
1: mindful of mm. how you're reacting to to people or how they might perceive you and mm. being mindful of everyone else around you. Um yeah, being tolerant and mm. and showing that compassion, especially mm. when it's needed. It's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's really difficult to mm. to be really empathetic and to sort of actively listen and, and actively ask questions. Mm. But if we're really mindful of the days where you are running a bit low on energy or you are Um, sort of running a bit low, even emotionally, Um, that capacity for others is low. um, Mm. If we're mindful of that Mm. um, and we have these strategies in place, it it can sort of make empathy a little bit more natural, like built into us.
0: This mindfulness thing, I kind of thought I was a bit sort of broken because I am not a meditator. I don't enjoy it. I can't feel like I do it. But then I stumbled across this really insightful observation about myself is that Mindfulness, the way it's told to me that to practice mindfulness is about sitting down in a quiet space with your legs crossed and and trying to think about nothing. So I think, and this is really helpful, I think, for for men in particular, but also probably women maybe, is that we focus so much on this technique and that, that someone's trying to educate us how to be mindful. But for me, I know for a fact that Um, I've gotten mindfulness and and not through meditation, but through participation, through doing something that where I can get flow, where I can get really drawn into an activity and generally the repetitious sort of activity or something where I have to devote my attention to it. So for anyone else that may have experienced the same thing, who feels like they can't meditate, my personal experience is it doesn't matter because there's no single person I believe that can come along and tell you how to think about something and and how to practice a certain thing that's in your own mind that's supposed to be the right way of doing it. Meditation for me is never going to work. I know that for a fact, but I know that I can get a lot of mindfulness from doing something where, and it could be running, it could be painting a room, it could be working on some some timber doing some carpentry, those sorts of practices I've found have been very beneficial. So that's just my little take on mindfulness. And and then the other thing we we, we found was journaling. And I, I'm not a journaler. I'm, I'm not great at journaling. I don't in really enjoy that process. I think you've got some experience.
1: Yeah. I, I went through a phase where I journaled quite a lot. And I think starting was the hardest part because I have this great saying where um, perfection is the enemy of progress. Um, and oh, nice. <laughs> And uh, quite often I don't start something unless I can get it right from the beginning. But I had to get over that pretty quickly when it came to journaling and just sort of and give it a red hot crack. And it doesn't actually matter what what you write. You just got to start writing. No one else is going to read it. Hmm. And and that was effective for, for a while. It served its purpose. I, am I a journaler now? No, not at this moment. I From time to time, maybe if I've got something that I, I want to write about. But yeah, mindfulness, I agree with you. It can be found on a Walk. I think I'm reading at the moment. Stillness is the key by uh, Ryan Holiday, and I think one of one of the chapters that I was just reading was all about just going for a walk. And there isn't a problem that can't be solved by going for a nice walk. Like that's it, (laughs) full stop. And so, you know, getting out. It's not about getting the heart rate up. It's not about sweating and and, and toiling. It's just about going for a walk because Mm. that's just really nice for your mind, whether it's Mm. getting in nature or going for a walk around the car park, um, getting your body moving just makes you feel better in general. Yeah. That's a whole other topic, but
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think we will do a, a, an episode on flow and 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 talking about that. But I think mm-hmm. it was worthwhile because we're talking about how to hone your skills in empathy, yeah, and and mindfulness and journaling and all of these things were part of the research. But but uh, some of these things didn't work for me. But mm. it's not that I was deficient in it. I just didn't recognize where I was getting it from. And 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 I think the industry, the wellness industry, makes you feel like. You've got to do it this way. Yeah. This is the practice. Meditation and, and the light like comes from the Dharmic religions and those sorts of things. And, and and I think now there are other alternatives and there are other human beings who weren't introduced to those practices but still managed to get along pretty well, right? I think um, the
1: good thing about having all of these different things available to us at a moment's notice is that you can just sort of pick and choose what works best part of a toolkit and you just get out the tool that works best for you at that time.
0: Okay. So what if you are just not an empathetic type of person and you're in a position or you want to improve this? Is it possible to fake empathy? Do you think it's the type of thing that we can fake as in like fake it till you make it?
1: (laughs) I was just about to say, uh, yeah, you can fake it until you make it. Um, I know a lot of people um, you know, don't have that innate ability to be um, empathetic or they're not as highly empathetic uh, as others. Uh, we've talked about the spectrum earlier, so maybe they're a little more on the cognitive side of things. But yeah, you can fake it until you make it. But the the downside to that is that it's actually not going to help you build true connection or true uh, sort of meaningful relationships with those people who who you're around at that time. So it is possible, but... Um, Ultimately, developing true empathy is essential for creating strong relationships. So I think
0: if you look at how you approach empathy, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. There was some research conducted by the University of Cambridge that said that some people are more empathetic than others. And the study revealed that a significant part of how empathetic we are is down to genetics. In fact, 10% of the variation in empathy between people is due to your genes. So if you want to fake it for a bit and try and hone those skills, then that may help out in terms of your relationships with others. They also found that women tend to be more empathetic than, than, than men. But the research found, and this is where this honing of skills may come into play, is that the difference between empathy between men and women isn't necessarily due, due to the genes. It's more to do with socialization, education and hormonal influences. So I think if uh, uh, more power if and control over the world and politics and government, I think we may be in a very different living in a mate in a very different world than we do at present. I'm also interested in this concept and I've thought this, if you're more empathetic, is it is it are you more prone to be taking advantage of? Are empathetic people easily taken advantage of? I think if you're a high empathetic person, you're probably more susceptible to people who are nefariously trying to commit fraud, to steal money, to play on your emotions. These are the type of people that uh, seek out empathetic people and, and try to take advantage of it. And, and it can happen in relationships. It can happen online. And I think one of the clear things for empaths who are highly empathetic people is to set clear boundaries uh, and, and don't be afraid that you're going to be seen. I think empaths have a tendency to, to feel like they're being judged on their emotional giving, and I think it's it's okay to protect yourself first and set boundaries, have a certain level of skepticism when people are approaching you, particularly if they're playing on your emotions for money or, or for emotional blackmail with relationships. You should strive for a healthy balance between empathizing with others and protecting your own needs in in order to maintain meaningful relationships without compromising yourself in in the process. So we've covered a lot of information there. The, The key things for us are if you want to start working on your own level of empathy If you feel a need to, there are practices you can undertake to to hone those skills and it will lead definitely to more meaningful relationships professionally and personally. If you are an empath, try to avoid being invested too much, so much that it affects your own levels of happiness and, and leads you to feeling burdened or resentment or feeling hopeless. That's really important that you have these clear boundaries around that, if you're struggling with being too empathetic, being taken advantage of, being emotionally blackmailed, ultimately strike that balance between empathizing with others and engaging in activities that fill you up is the key for maintaining healthy relationships without becoming overwhelmed.
1: Yeah, it's such a powerful tool, isn't it, really, empathy? like it, It can be used to strengthen interpersonal connections while still allowing individuals to express their needs in a healthy way. And we need to be, it's a very delicate balance, isn't it? Between mm-hmm. sort of showing and demonstrating empathy and being there for others while also looking after yourself.
0: Yeah. In situations like where online, for example, I think practicing empathy on social media can create a more enjoyable experience for yourself and others. I know people uh, get online and they, they have this almost addiction to creating conflict, negative commentary, it just doesn't seem like a very enjoyable experience. And you've got such an opportunity to connect with other people, hear their opinions, get their different ideas on life and beliefs and trying and understand them. And through empathy and being empathetic, taking a break and thinking about something before you respond, thinking about what the process is emotionally that they're going through when they're commenting and whether it's around something they really believe passionately in. And if you chime in with some random comment and sort of smash those beliefs without really sort of... Understanding them, it, you know, it can have have an overall negative experience, and it becomes very cyclical. So, you know, I think part of building a better world for everyone is is trying to to really pull people up on this and have expectations and boundaries around how we behave online with each other and what we will tolerate and what we won't. You wouldn't tolerate someone walking down the street and sticking their head in a shop just screaming out, "You're wrong." <laughs> You know, so why do we tolerate that in social media? It just doesn't make any sense. I don't think the people perpetrating this really have an enjoyable life experience online and they would be much better served by just avoiding it completely or reframing the way they approach it. It's these assumptions. I think it's making these assumptions about the other person's intention and and that's where this falls over. The focus should be understanding the message that they are trying to communicate, forgiving any loss in tone and loss in, in the ability of limited characters. Um, be open-minded. There is no single answer for truth or reality in this world. It simply doesn't exist. And we spoke about this in in one of our previous episodes. When you have landed on a position that you think you are right. That is when you become wrong because you have closed any opportunity for anything to change. So open-mindedness is is hugely beneficial when it comes to honing your skills of empathy. It's not a one-size-fits-all solution. We need some more options around it. If we look at some of the tips that we've given cultivating empathy, they are things like active listening, Asking open-ended questions during conversations help with open listening and and getting feedback. And even online when you're making commentary, making comments about stuff just as broad statements of dismissal is fairly aggressive. But if you ask questions and try and tease out exactly what they're trying to understand, you're having a better experience overall as a two-way method of communication. Engaging in self-reflection is another aspect. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes, being willing to compromise compromising and understanding that it's okay to disagree and move on peacefully, showing respect and treating others with kindness and understanding no matter what differences you may have, taking the time for yourself, practicing some method of flow or mindfulness or joint journaling. These are the types of things that we can cultivate to improve our levels of empathy, to practice it, to hone it, but also to have a greater experience with our fellow man. I think empathy is a great opportunity to really feel how someone else operates in the world instead of thinking that we are the centre of the universe. There are others that are also participating in this universe with us.
1: Yeah, it's such a powerful tool, empathy, and it can be used to strengthen our connections with others and still allowing others to express their needs in a really healthy way as well. So Thanks for all those tips and tools um, that we can use to sort of develop our own skills when it comes to empathy.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Livy. That was really great. I think it was a really great episode to do together. It's great to have you back on deck. And we always end with what this means for me. So I think for me, empathy is a really powerful tool and a good skill to develop to help us connect with other human beings. If we practice in isolation or if we practice in our interpersonal relationships, even through simple observations of of our fellow man during their activities on the street, such as the ladies who carry the cardboard in the city I live, I think practicing empathy and honing our skills in being empathetic to our fellow man is really one of the key secrets to living a life that's fulfilling and full of meaning and purpose. We do hope that you enjoyed this episode and it would be great if you could reach out to us on our Facebook page. Podcasting can be a lonely venture, so getting some feedback from you on our Facebook page would be greatly appreciated. And remember, I am part of you and you're part of me and we are part of everyone and everything.